My name is Maria Kent Beers, and my co-host Rachel Martinez and I are pleased to present Remember Me. This podcast is dedicated to preserving the memories of those diagnosed with FTD. We hope this episode leaves you feeling more connected, provides a deeper understanding, and allows you to learn to accept the good. Always, always accept the good. This is Remember Me. We're back after our four-week marathon. Yes. Your fingers must be tired from editing all of that. I know. It and was I'm quite sitting over here like this with my non-manicured <laughs> fingers. Um, how'd you like it? How did you like doing with love? It felt similar to me. It felt like the episodes that we normally do. It felt similar, but I really enjoyed focusing in on those like perspectives of, you know, sibling or spouse and like really spending a little bit more of the episode on what this is like for the person we're interviewing. True. Um, so I felt like we kind of shifted the focus a little bit more onto them. And I think it, it, it was a really nice, I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Do you have a favorite or you don't want to say? Hmm. I mean, I have to say my mom, my, my aunt's interview about my mom. I think my aunt like was actually really kind of sorting through some things I throughout. Know. And I think it was like a safe space for her and it helped her process a lot of things because as she mentioned in the episode, she spent so much of my mom's journey, just like trying to be strong for all of us and not thinking about what it was like for her. Cause she thought, Oh, you know, I have to support my sister's husband and the kids, but like, that's her sister, you know? And I think we gave her the space to feel validated and that this is huge for you. Like, totally. that's okay. Like, let's talk about it. And it was really nice for me to hear. I mean, I always knew they had a beautiful relationship and like friendship and just such an incredible bond, but it was nice to hear about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I witnessed it, but then to hear what it was like for, for my aunt, it was just, it was really beautiful. So of course, you know, I'm biased. I love that one, but what, what about you? Mm, it's a hard one. I really liked Kim's. Yes. Um, I think partially because her voice is so soothing, like it's so <laughs> sweet. I'm like, oh my gosh, do you ever say a bad word? Um, <laughs> And of course, when we were talking to Sophia, I got super emotional. Remember you that? Did. You did. For, I thank was you for cutting it. Thank you for cutting most I of it. I left a little bit in, but yeah. no, but like where I couldn't even talk. Oh my gosh. Um, and then I liked John's. I liked it because he was talking about his relationship with his dad. And I liked you Scott. Love the dad ones. You I had the, the dad, dad ones, ones always. And Scott, the way he loved Maureen was just beyond like that was a fairy tale that's like what Disney probably was like let me just make this (laughs) sweet little fairy tale who can I put in that Scott and Maureen um I thought they were all very good and I really liked the different perspectives I thought that that was a really unique um point of view but they all had the underlying you know journey and thread of you know FTD so it was neat to see through different people's eyes, kind of what it was like. Right. So I enjoyed it. 
Me too. Me too. And I'm happy to say that we raised together um, over $10,000 for the AFTD's mission. That is such a big chunk of money. I know. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of everybody who participated and all of the donors. I mean, this is such a rare disease and hearing that just what the, how many of us were there for, for, right. for them. And then the remember me hub, right. 10,000. Like that's huge. Congratulations. We got a lot of anonymous donations as well. So I don't know. Yeah. That was really touching. If I had a bell, I would be woo, ringing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a wonderful, yeah, experience just to kind of do a little something different and to raise awareness and uh, let you guys know about some of the resources that the AFTD has. So mm-hmm. that was great. I now- do, do want to shift to something else that's really great but I don't want to give too much information. And this wasn't even on our agenda. But, so I'm going to throw a curveball. Okay. Um, I'm ready. In what's the date today? It doesn't matter. In three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, we're going to meet. I can't believe it. I'm like super nervous. Can we like FaceTime <laughs> when we get off the airplane? So we're like, in yes, the zone of like seeing each other. Cause this is going to be like, what? I was telling my husband, I'm like, what if we meet and we're just like, we uh, hate each other. Yeah. Not hate I, each other, but like the chemistry is so good over the end. It's like blind date. Like you have all <laughs> these conversations and then you meet him in person and you're like, oof, not for me. I don't think it's going to be like that. I don't think it's going to be like that either, but I think it's definitely something that needs to be documented. I know. Do we hire a videographer or what do we do? Does anybody want to volunteer? I got a new phone so I can take nice video getting off the plane. It's so crazy. I'm really looking forward to it. Let's not, we're not going to say where we're going yet. We're not? No, because it's part of the story. It's like in the middle and, oh, I just gave a hint. (laughs) Whoopsie. I'm not a good secret keeper. You keep I saying can't. that you want to make the trip longer. And I'm like thinking, I do. What Who if doesn't? we don't like each other? Then I think it should be, you know, how like when people go on dates, um, you know, from like you do a lunch stuff, date, they're like, you just do a lunch date or you yeah. do like coffee, coffee. So you can just like dip. Yeah. So yeah. if you need to dip, just do it. And I can enjoy where we're going by myself. I have a lot I want to see there. So <laughs> I'll rent a bike or a Segway and just go. So Bye. What if- what if we meet and we're just like, yeah, let's just close up shop. What would no. I feel like Every- people would be so sad. Well, that leads me to my next great news is we've been getting so many new followers we have. on our social media. We are almost, we are three shy of 560 followers. Wow. So now's the time to really amp us up because I'm sure everyone's going to want to see the footage of us meeting and see how our blind date goes. Totally. What else is on our agenda? So we're going to check in on oh, yeah. what it has been like to be a few months, almost, I don't know, shy of three months for me. Mm-hmm. So we'll be coming up on four months for you since. I'm in the third month right now. In the third month. Yeah. You're in the second. I'm going to be in the third month. What? In a week or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had told me. 
at some point that you heard that month two and three are the hardest. And I have definitely found that to be true. I don't I was going to say which one is harder, but you're not where I'm at yet. You're a month plus one day shy. So tell us your experience first. What does it feel like or what are you dealing with? So my kind of progression just for anyone who's just jumping in has been, I felt very numb at first and uh, I just don't think I was really processing everything to then month two has been, it's been settling in and it's been hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, I, I felt like when we were in the FTD journey, which for us was you know, from diagnosis a little over four years, mm-hmm. I feel like when we were in the journey, the journey felt so long. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, it feels like it was a blink. Mm-hmm. And I just think we were so focused on my mom's care. It was just all hands on deck. And how can we, you know, maximize, you know, her life and her, you know, quality of life that, I just, I, even though I thought I was processing things, I wasn't. And mm-hmm. so I think we mentioned a couple of times, you think you've, you're preparing for so long mm-hmm. for this to happen. And then when it happens, I just you're didn't like, feel what? prepared. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm in a hard month. My son, who's two and a half is asking a lot more questions than he was a few months ago. So, and, and kids, you know, they're very blunt. Mm-hmm. And he'll say to me, where's your mother? You have to find her and things like that. And with so much, you know, gusto and I'm like, (laughs) I wish I could find her, you know? (laughs) And so that has added a tough element. Um, But I have taken your advice and I really, I'm honest with him. If I'm trying to let myself feel all my feelings. So Mm -hmm. if I'm crying and he comes up to me, I will tell him, mommy's sad. I miss my mommy. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to just lean into my feelings and let myself feel them. And if I have to lay in bed for an extra hour a day, I'm just doing it. But mm-hmm. life has been really crazy for both of us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that's good. It's a distraction. It was, it, it, it was a good distraction, but now I'm settled in my house and I'm settled in the realization that my mom is gone and it's just, it's hitting me pretty hard this month. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and I'm getting a lot of recommendations on books I should be reading and I kind of want to investigate finding a grief journal Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not really a journaler, but not, not a writing journaler, but I like to art journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder but, if there's a grief art journal. I don't know. I have, honestly, I have not touched any art since my mom passed. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I should be using it for healing, but like she taught me to do, but I'm just, it's, it's, I don't know. I think you just have an expectation of like, well, it has to turn out good. It has to be meaningful. It's my first one. Right. You just drop all the expectations and pick up a paintbrush. I don't know, glue, whatever you use and just see, see what comes out. Yeah. I just need to start. Just do it. There's no harm. I mean, 
what's the worst that could happen is you would have a huge meltdown or yeah I mean I'm already having meltdowns so (laughs) yeah so at least make it beautiful (laughs) (laughs) anyway I'm rambling How, how are you doing um I would say I think I'm starting to get to the point where I mean, I don't necessarily believe in like the stages of grief, I think, especially for the FTD community, because the stages get skewed and blurred and you're constantly grieving and then you try not to grieve and then you're like waiting to grieve. But I am at this stage where I get, I mean, full disclosure, I get frustrated or angry at things or people that make an issue out of something that is not an issue because my dad's dead. Does that make sense? So like I hear um, a friend complaining about, um, I don't know, buying the wrong laundry detergent. And I'm like, honestly, is this what we're talking about? Like, Uh, I I don't have, I don't have the patience for that right now. And so maybe I would be quote unquote in the angry phase. I'm not angry that he's dead. I'm angry that life is moving on. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. His memory. I mean, it's there, but it's not like right when he died where I'm getting the comfort and people reaching out and are you okay? And then I get angry at that. Like, so he's dead three months and I'm just supposed to be like, nobody check in on me. I'm okay. Right. But then I hear you. That's an expectation that's so irrelevant to other people. Like this is my journey. I don't need to depend on people asking me how I'm doing, but for all the people out there listening, it (laughs) feels freaking good when somebody asks how I'm doing. Okay. So that's one thing. Yes. Um, my kids similar to Liam are super blunt. So they'll be like, your dad's dead still. Right. I'm like, yep. He sure is. Um, Mm. we have not bought an official urn. So he's still in that like creepy black box that the mortuary gave us. And my mom recently asked for some ashes because her came, hers came in. So I had to like open it and it felt weird, but I like looked around my house and then I like put my face close and I said, hi, dad. Then I'm like, why am I talking to like Ash? It's just, there's a lot of confusion alongside the anger. Like, am I supposed to talk to you? Is that weird? Am I weird? Are you listening? Wait, you didn't tell me any of this about the ashes. I know. Cause I felt weird. Like, am I supposed to talk to him? Am I supposed to open the box and be like, so do you want to hear what's going on in my life? You need to I do tell it me regardless, but I talk to him regardless, not regardless. There are times when I'm like, Ooh, I definitely feel like he's closer to me than others. I don't know if month three is necessarily harder. I think it's just filled with a little bit more fire in terms of just like, hmm. I don't want to talk about my neighbor's dog who needs medical attention for his burnt tail. Like I just don't. I don't have it in me. I'm not into being, I don't know if you could tell I'm, I don't know if I'm a big people person. I'm definitely not country club material, but when we go golfing and Nick wants to like chit chat with the people there, I'm like, "Mm, I just don't, 
I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the weather's so great or the grass on the green looks so good today. I don't care. I don't care. And I think that's kind of a, a hard point to be in because socially you have to care and you have to be kind. Right. But internally I'm like, I could give, right. I don't want to cuss because then you have to mark the special box, but <laughs> I just, it's a weird space to be in because prior to my dad dying, I would care. I would care if the grass was nice and the boys were having right. fun and the neighbor's dog with the burnt tail heels. But right now I don't, you don't have the energy. This is something that I've been trying to communicate to people is I feel like say on a normal day, you wake up and your gas tank, your energy level Mm -hmm. is full, Mm -hmm. but when you're grieving it, it's never going to be full because so much space in your brain and your body is taken up by this, the, the, it's heavy. Like what's, Mm -hmm. I don't know the right analogy, but I I just, I'm not going to be a hundred percent for a while because this is taking up a lot of space in my brain, but I think it's invisible to people so that Mm -hmm. you don't, people don't see it, but Mm -hmm. that's why I keep, I just keep telling people I'm like, I'm carrying a lot and I'm still hurting, even though you see me taking Liam to the park and doing all the things with my house and decorating Mm -hmm. and producing this podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. even though I'm still living, it doesn't mean it, 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 that doesn't mean I'm okay. Well, I think that's a point that we try to drive home all the time is like, we, you and I in particular, we've been grieving. So I've been grieving since like 2010, basically but the grief has changed and that is okay. And people think, first of all, people don't like to talk about it. They get nervous. Do I, do I talk to you about your dad? Do I talk to you? They get super like uneasy, but that, that is the part that I struggle with in terms of our society. Like nobody talks about it. You right. talk about it when they die. Are you okay? What can I bring you? Here's the casserole. I want to take care of you. But month three, year 10, like it's not going to go away. Right. And I, I read something somewhere. You don't move on from grief. You move in. So you continue moving, you continue going forward. You continue living your life, but you're always in the grief. It might not feel like it feels today, right? 10 years from now, but I just think there's such a stigma around it. There's such a stigma around what should we be doing? Should I be talking to the ashes? Am I weird if I do that? Am I weird if I keep him in my kitchen? Is that weird? Who cares? It's right. my own personal feeling and my own personal journey. And the way I handle it is different than the way you handle it or the guest we had on last week handles it. Or right. you know, And that right. it's individualistic. And that is something that I don't think society as a whole is ready to accept yet. You grieve and you move on and you get back to work and you smile and you do all the things you're supposed to do. And that's not how it is. And I think specifically in the FTD community, it's um, you grieve the whole time, the entire way you're grieving. And now it's like an explosion of grief. And you're like, what do I do with all this? 
and it's hard. You can't compartmentalize it at all. Right. Right. So that's kind of where I am. And I don't like to feel this way. I don't like to just going to ask you, do you, okay. I don't like to feel feel? angry. No, I don't. I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to be like the B I T C H Y person. I didn't want to say it. I want to be happy and I want to enjoy my life, but it just feels a little bit unfair. And I get a little resentful of the people who have both parents or the people whose um, dad, you know, fixes the water heater because their husband doesn't quite know how to do that. (laughs) Um, So I, I don't, it's not jealous. I'm just like, darn it. to cut that. (laughs) Oh, Nick knows he's not handy. I tell him all the time. Oh, Oh yeah. You're no. referring to Mike. <laughs> oh no, no. I'm talking about Nick. Nick is when my mom moved out of my childhood home, when my dad was sick, um, Nick hung a towel bar for her. First of all, like severely crooked to where her towels like go to one side. And he did it with a hammer. He hammered the screws into the wall. So we don't ask Nick for help. Mm-mm. Ikea furniture, forget it. Mm-mm. Wait, do you, do you feel resentful when my dad is here? No, because you'll tell me like, I know this is going to be hard, but Gary's here and he's tearing off the thousand square foot wallpaper. that, we- <laughs> And that it doesn't bother me. It's more like, God, my dad is so annoying. He's the, and I'm like, mm, really? Cause yeah, know your audience. Yeah. Know your audience. But also, I don't want people to walk on eggshells around me. You it's know? hard. It's hard because, like, you want people to engage with you, but you want them but to then you don't. do it in the right way. Yeah. I, I'm trying to have more compassion for maybe some people who are acting like it's the end of the world that something happened with their dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to tell myself, okay they don't know the pain that I know they, this is, this, this is the worst pain that they know and try and be compassionate, but it is hard. It, it is hard. Well, then I think back, like, what would my dad, like, what advice would he give me right now? And his, I know what number one, always be accept the good. And then number two would be like, just be kind. You don't have right. to be mean to them. So last month, Nick lost his wedding ring. And I remember this. Remember? Okay. So he told me, um, he had gotten out of the shower. He was drying, came out of the bathroom. So upset. I lost my wedding ring. I don't, he hired a plumber the next day. We couldn't use the shower or the toilet in that bathroom. He hired a plumber. The plumber was here for, I don't know, two hours digging in that drain. And Nick was visibly upset. His attitude was different. The way he was with me was different. The kids, he was just, you could tell he was so tense and so upset about this wedding ring. Now his wedding ring is a a piece of rose gold and it's super, it's like the thinnest you could make it. There's no engraving there's, but it holds a place in him that is super special. And I saw it with how upset he was. And my internal response was like, is this real? Like, our life was just put on hold. Like we had to go in every nook and cranny of the house and I'm trying to help. And he's yelling at the kids to not step on that. Cause what if it's under there? And I'm thinking to myself, like, I just lost my dad. 
and you right. lost like a piece of jewelry and this is how upset you are. Right. And then I start comparing it. I'm like, it's a piece of jewelry to a life. It's, you know, a memory to a person's being like, right. how dare he? And then I kind of stopped and thought like, this is, has nothing to do with my dad. Like this is Nick's wedding ring. I don't need to bring in the death of my dad and compare it to losing a wedding ring. Mm -hmm. So when I have the space to stop and think and really process and be like, this really isn't Nick's wedding ring. That's upsetting me. It's that he can be upset about something so easy. Right. And I'm here dealing with the grief. So when I have the space to do that, then I can listen to the neighbor talk about the burn. Right. Tail I was the just going to say, that's the really good point though, that you have to have time to yourself, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, taking a bubble bath, getting your nails done, whatever it is to you that helps you kind of, you know, re, you Regroup. know, reset. Yes. Then you can take a deep breath mm-hmm. and have a little bit more compassion. But just like I was saying, like, you know, you're, you're not at a hundred percent. If you were at a hundred percent and not in the depths of your grief, you probably could have handled that situation a little better on the onset. Totally. But you just needed a minute. Right. And I think that's the takeaway is being gentle with yourself and stop worrying about the people that lose their wedding ring and the neighbor's dog and the cashier at target that it's nothing against you. Right. And I think with us, like we're so on the defense, like, are they going to die today? Do they need a change? Like you're always ready. So you're kind of like a little tense and now you're learning to let that all go, but also not personally. Nick being upset about his wedding ring had nothing to do with me other than I gave it to him and we're married, but it had no bearing on my dad's death. Right, right, right. So that's an important step. I think too, that we don't teach number one or talk about like something is going to trigger you right, for whatever it may be and pausing and just realizing like, if Nick lost his wedding ring, my dad is still dead. If he didn't lose his wedding ring, my dad is still dead. So it doesn't, it has no bearing on him at all, but it's easy to get in that trap of like, oh, poor me, my grief is harder than your grief. And that is something I do not want to do. So I have to be very careful of having that victim mentality because it's easy to fall into that. Right. But I, I also think on the, on the flip side, from Nick's perspective, sorry, Nick, you know, I, I think us putting it out there that everything in our brain right now is revolving around our parents Mm -hmm. and losing them that maybe if we're more open about that, then the people around us will know, oh, this isn't why they're, this is why they're maybe not as compassionate in this situation. Or maybe I should preface this with, I know you're dealing with a lot, but this means a lot to me too. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of as we're trying to normalize grief, I've been with Mike for almost 12 years and I've never had to be so open and vulnerable, Mm -hmm. which sounds crazy, but I have to keep reminding him Mm -hmm. of how I'm feeling because I just don't think unless you're in this specific situation, 
even though he loved my mom, I mean, Mm -hmm. they knew each other for a very long time and they had their own bond, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know totally what the, and like you said, it's so individual. So like I'm pushing myself even in a relationship with someone I've been with for 12 years to have to constantly communicate how Mm -hmm. I'm feeling. And, and I think that's the only way we're going to get through this Mm -hmm. is, you know, and how I'm going to come out of this grief fog is just to keep telling people. Mm -hmm. And I think we feel like a burden sometimes. I don't want to tell my friends that I'm still hurting so much, or it's not appropriate for me to still be hurting so much six months, a year later, but no, it is. If that's Mm -hmm. how you feel, put it out there. And, um, I, it's hard, but it's something that I'm really trying. Mm -hmm. I think as long as you open up the dialogue and you're, I was at, I don't know if it was Ralph's or target. I think it was target. Like soon after my dad died and the cashier's like, how are you doing today? And I'm like, well, actually my dad died a couple of days ago. And the look on this poor woman's (laughs) face, she was like, Oh, are you okay? Like, that showed me right there that people don't openly discuss or open the dialogue of grief. Like she was like, I want to call for backup. Can somebody bag this poor woman? Like, (laughs) and I was telling her like, it's really awful, but I don't know, here I am. Right. So it's, it was a weird, just, I will never forget her face partially because I'm like that right there is a huge not red flag, but just like, hello, society. Right. We're out there. The grievers are out there and to, it's okay. She didn't have to fix it. She didn't have to give me a hug, but she had to know what I was dealing with. So maybe right. when I'm jamming my credit card in there, she understands <laughs> like, okay, honey, it's okay. Can I swipe right. it for you? Right. So I think that's a big takeaway is open up the dialogue to your friends and your partners or whoever it is. And just let them know like, Hey, today I'm not feeling great. And I'm going to go take a nap. And I, right. That's okay. Also know that like our podcast is a safe space and our pay, our Instagram page is a safe place totally to do that too. And to get some of it out and, I've been really happy to see over the past month or so, you know, we're posting more like, you know, tell us what your biggest challenge is right now, or tell us about your grief and people are opening up and, Mm -hmm. you know, what I, what I actually like to see a lot is people just reaching out to be like, I'm having a bad day. I just wanted to connect with somebody who understands it. Yeah. You know, I love getting messages messages like that. Those are like one of my, minus hearing how great we are. Um, (laughs) I love those messages. They're so, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm making a difference. I I do too. It feels really good. So So that's a hint. hint, Keep messaging us guys. Well, the thing (laughs) that's interesting is when I look at the numbers of how many people are listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. versus commenting, there's a lot of you out there that are afraid to reach out to us. I wonder why. And we're not scary. I feel like we're dorky, right? We're like lovable. I think it's just, it has to be. Just like when you and I started to talk, we were like, I was like, you know, my dad, he's, and you were like, oh, you don't have to, don't explain it. I totally get it. And that feeling, feeling validated is worth millions and millions of dollars to me. Right. That feeling of being, oh no, don't, I totally get it. 
you're like, oh, I found my people. Cool. Right. Right. So that's where I'm at in my grief. Aren't you glad you asked? I'm so glad that I asked and you made me feel better about a lot of things too. And I think, I wonder if you're month three, you're going to feel angry like me. That's when we're meeting. You're more on the fiery side than me. Wait, me? Yeah. Me? I'm (laughs) totally teasing you. Yes. I am zero to a hundred. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was like, uh, my heart just stopped for a minute. I I thought we like knew that. (laughs) I think everybody that listens to us knows that. Everybody that meets me knows that. I love that about you. And you have seen it come out in me and you've been excited when you hear me scream out child. You're like, yes. (laughs) Get out the hanger. Yes. Okay. So we're going to move into our accept the good mm-hmm. portion because mm-hmm. we're going to end on some good. And I think the good that I've been reflecting on is there's a couple things. One with Liam, I talked about this on our Instagram, but the fact that my mom made such an impact on my child mm-hmm. in his two something years of life when she could not speak and for a good chunk of it could could not even really walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he feels so deeply connected to her and wants to know, you know, where she is and, and misses her, that is a really powerful and beautiful thing. Um, I just want to say, I know this is your accept the good and I should be quiet, but I do think though, it's more than just your mom, it's how your whole family came together and you were her caretaker. You didn't treat her any different. You showed empathy and compassion and physical touch and your son saw all of that. And I would be willing to bet he is going to be a very compassionate human being just by watching you. And the way you interacted with her and your dad and, you know, your siblings and all of that. But he is so consumed with where's Mimi? What's going on? Because that is what you taught him. So it is her, it's her impact, but don't belittle your impact on the whole thing as well, because you had a, a huge uh, chunk of responsibility in that too. Good responsibility. That's a good, what I'm saying is a good thing. No, I hope I it's coming off that way. No, okay. you, it is. Okay. I, you're making me cry, but um, I just, I think one of my fears, you know, knowing that I was going to lose my mom before, you know, I had grown children was that they just weren't going to know how truly special she is and the impact that she had on my family, but I do feel like he feels it. And a hundred percent. And that is a you're gift. Good. You're good at keeping her memory alive and talking about her. And you guys have a Hallmark room, right? Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so all of that. And I, I mean, I was young when one of my grandfathers passed away and it was, I remember him through my mom. Yeah. You know, So I think it's, important for you. It's important for me, but you're, you are doing, you are doing the work for Liam, Thank you know, and that's a good thing. And that is a good, except the good, because you could be like, well, she's gone and 
but you're constantly talking about her. You're answering all those questions. You know, I think it's, you need to give yourself credit. Thank you. Made me feel good. I know I have, I have one other one. We've just been chugging along, cranking out this podcast, like doing our thing. And we have all these amazing ideas. And I just don't think that we have stopped to appreciate that we met via the internet Mm -hmm. and formed this bond and started this podcast. And, you know, even if we touch one person, which I know we have touched more than that. I keep trying to remind myself that I've been able to do this during this hard time in my life when I feel like maybe I'm not successful. What am I doing with my life? All these things, I'm not a good mom, whatever it is. I try and tell myself that we started this and we started this like without even really truly knowing each other. other. And I think that people like maybe forget that. And I'm trying to remind myself of that. And that's kind of like, that's a beautiful thing that came out of this hard time with COVID, this hard time with my family. And then ultimately, you know, we've had each other to lean on after our parents, you know, passed so close, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in time. So that's something I've been like, I don't know, kind of reminding myself. It's like a really good, beautiful thing, magical kind of thing that has happened that I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. So there, there are mine. Those are good ones. How about you? I just need to circle back real quick because I think everyone's probably wondering what happened to Nick's wedding ring. (laughs) And we found it. Yeah. (laughs) Where was it? It was at the golf club. (laughs) He washed his hands and they have those like really fancy um, cloth towels and you put the cloth towel in a bin and then housekeeping comes in and it was in the bin and the housekeeper found it. Wow. So I do have to, that was a huge deal. I mean, if you know Nick, you know, he can get a little fiery too. So <laughs> I'm really glad we found it. Um, I, I think people were on the edge of their seat, like, but what really happened to Rachel's husband's wedding ring when I was complaining? So I just wanted to clarify that. Um, I think one thing that I struggle with um, a lot is my kids are 21 months apart and they're both boys and they are incredibly physical. And when they get together, it's almost like they don't hear me. Like truly I'm talking to them and they are like in their own world. So I struggle with control over them. And I don't want to say like I'm controlling to my children, but just like normal things. Like I'll be like, please don't jump on the bed and they'll come in and jump on the bed. Right. So, um, we had a doctor's appointment and because it's COVID only one parent could go. And I'm not comfortable in situations like that because number one, I don't want to look like a complete lunatic in front of the doctor. And number two, like that's my time with a professional where I can ask all the questions. So instead of shying away from it and asking Nick to take the boys in, I decided I would do it. And it got a little hairy at a few points. Jack needed shots. Max is just, he loves to climb and destroy. So he was like on the table at one point, he was doing uh, wheelies on the doctor's chair. It was a lot. 
But instead of like, this is going to be hard. I don't want to do it. I sort of just gave myself a quick little pep talk. I'm like, this is going to be hard. Jack is going to scream. Max is going to be unruly. They're boys. Like I just stopped judging myself. Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard. And that's okay. It could be hard for me. Maybe it's not hard for another mom, but my comparison to her means nothing. I'm my own person. So I did it. I took them both in by myself. Nick was waiting in the car. And that's something I probably wouldn't have done. Normally I would have just kind of shied away from it. Like, I don't, uh yeah, but I did it. I pushed myself. I pushed myself into an uncomfortable spot. So that was something for me that I was like, wow, I can do hard things. You know, I, I second guess myself a lot as a mom and that kind of showed me like, I don't need to control every aspect of their life, even though I would love to, Mm -hmm. I, they can be boys and they can be wild and it doesn't have to affect me. So I'm really working on that. So that was my, I need to work on that too. It's so hard. Oh my gosh. It's so hard. Forget it. Like I was fully pit sweat after I smelled like it was a lot. It was like 45 minutes in that office because she went through everything. It was the well check and the eyes and the ears, but I did it. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. That was a big, and it doesn't sound it like when I'm talking about it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I just shared. I took my kids to the doctors. Woohoo. Like pat on my back. But it was, you know, for me, it's an uncomfortable situation. So that was my first accept the good. My second, I have been really working on watching what I'm saying. I know it sounds odd for me because I'm kind of just like a word vomiter, but I am really working on pausing before I react, mostly with my kids because I'm a yeller. So I've really been trying not to be a yeller. And what I've been doing that's been working is deep breathing. Who would have thought? I love it. So I give myself like, okay, so I didn't do it that time. And I do a lot of, if you can't tell, I'm in my own head a lot. So I... I give myself these little like pep talks in the morning. Like you don't have to be angry. You don't have to be a yeller. Like, let's just go and have a good day. So that has been my next except the good partially because it's self-reflection. So I'm able, whereas before, before what, I don't know, I would just unleash my fire on these poor little boys, but I'm really practicing just kind of being more in the moment with them and not having to panic about doctor's appointments and stuff like that. So the two accept the goods I think are more like self-regulation for me. And that's a big part of my life that I'm trying to work on. That's great. I also, am going to tell you though, to be gentle with yourself. I know. Try and solve every issue you have with yourself right now while you're great. I only have, I only have two issues. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have any more than that. I'm super calm and collected most of the time. I felt like I was super negative on this podcast. No. I'm like talking about how angry I am. No, but this is what we're talking about. It's like, you're, you're trying to, uh, like hold in like emotions that you think, I don't know, know, people are going to judge or you're not supposed to feel, but I just, I would invite everyone this week to just like embrace whatever feelings That's a good you one. Have, let yourself just feel them just, and I mm-hmm. I'm going to try and do it too. If I'm sad, I'm just going to let myself cry. If 
I'm having a great day. I'm going to try and accept it and not try and, I don't know, remind myself of all the bad things going on too. I, you never told me, how was your shower cry? Did you like it? I'm not a shower crier. Oh my gosh. That's where I do. The I didn't, in, I didn't enjoy it the way that I thought I would. Really? Um, Did you like sob or just let the tears fall? I let them fall, but I try sobbing. It feels good. Cause it kind of echoes a little, but it kind of blends in with the water. I think like, since I've become a mom, my shower is, uh, my friend and I joke, it's like a trip to the spa. Your, your oh, husband's yeah. act like, oh, how was your shower? Like it was literally a trip to the spa. But um, it's like my little, I don't know. I think I'm just going to keep the shower a happy place for me. Okay. Is that do you okay? feel released? Like, do you feel like <sighs> after you cry or do you feel worse? I, I, I do, but I've been finding that I am only crying in my weekly therapist call. Wow. I feel like that's, I feel like I've been reserving it for my therapist. Here you go. Here are my tears in a nice little But then I apologize to her the whole time. And she's like, why are you apologizing? Please just let it out. And I think what it's telling me, because I normally don't just like cry. I don't know. We just talk you know, I love my therapist. And, um, but lately it's been just a lot of tears and it's just kind of telling me that I'm not letting myself do that throughout the week. Mm -hmm. I'm like saving it up and holding it in. Lucky Mike, lucky Liam. And letting it out on Mondays at 2 (laughs) PM. And that's my only crying time. And I think I'm just going to embrace it this week. I mean, Good. not to say I'm not crying. Like, I think some of my friends who are listening are probably like, oh, I don't know. I think you cried on the phone. I cried during this podcast, but you know what I mean? Like, I get I, it. I get it. I get this it. Was a, this was a long one. I hope people enjoy it. Let us know. Let yeah. us know if you like this one or we should or tighten not. it up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. So two last quick things. Just let you guys oh, right. know coming. So we interviewed, it blew my mind. I'm still thinking about it. Me too. We interviewed a woman living with FTD who still has a really incredible uh, conversational skills uh, for this. Totally. Yeah. And it was, I mean. And so much awareness. She has so much awareness. So much awareness of of how she's reacting and feeling. And and it it was incredible. It was so and it made both of us very emotional to just mm-hmm. put ourselves in our parents' shoes and think about, wow, like, is this how they felt? I would invite you all to listen to that episode. If you're new to the podcast, jump right in next week and, and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different from anything that we've done. Uh, and we're definitely going to have her back. Yeah, she's coming back. She's great. She's um, so good. We also have an interview um, that we'll be releasing in the coming month uh, with a genetic counselor. I know that Mm. we've teased this for a long time. However, we had this incredible conversation with her right after Frank passed, right before Leah passed. And so it just kind of, we're, we're holding onto it and 
we, we will be releasing that. I know people have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of incredible things coming up. I'm really excited. I, I can't wait to meet. I think we're just still going to be BFF. I'm I think really excited. Normal. I'm really excited to meet, but to also like be away and meet. Yeah, Does be away and meet. Like we both thought we would come to each other's state and we're like, no. No, so we're going to break. a different state. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I can't wait to fly on an airplane. I'm so excited. (laughs) Not just like because of like COVID times, but I just remember uh, my first mom vacation. I actually came out to California and I was like, I probably was like in the Whole Foods, like near where Rachel lives. (laughs) Like this was like probably a year before we met. And uh, I kept telling my friends, I was so excited for the plane ride to California because it was five hours of no uninterrupted anything. (laughs) I know. I'm like, am I going to read or watch a movie? Like I'm already thinking like, should I go get a new book or do I just want to like zone out and watch a movie or sleep? Sleep. I don't know. I'm mostly, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the plane flight. All All right. right. Well, I hope everyone has a great week. Remember your homework. Yes. Embrace. Just embrace it all. And Remember to accept the good. That's right. Always. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We release new episodes each week on Mondays, so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Remember Me Podcast. Or you can visit our website, RememberMeFTD.com. This podcast is produced by Rachel Martinez and Maria Kent Beers. And the beautiful music you hear is a song called So Damn Lucky by Bailey Kent.